Steve here. In the book of Acts chapter 11, Agabus, a Christian in the early church, spoke up and predicted by the Spirit that there would be a severe famine throughout the Roman world. Each of the disciples, it says, according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brothers and sisters who lived in Judea. I have no doubt that there were probably some people who criticized Agabus and said that he was fear-mongering, like I have people tell me as well. I understand that people will attack me for what I've shared with you. I had one person who was so upset with me in my response to his comments that he wrote me back seven more times to tell me how wrong I was. I only responded with one comment to his first comment, but he was not done. It made me realize that there are actually people in this world who if you tell them their house is on fire, they'll tell you you're crazy. And I believe there are even people who would see their home burning down and they'll still tell you, you don't know what you're talking about. If a big EMP was to hit, what would it do to the hundreds and hundreds of nuclear reactors? This is a real threat. This is like a guaranteed Armageddon. People think, okay, I'm gonna go to my faucet. That's okay, power will be out for a month or two. No, it'll be out for years. And then they may say, well, you know what? I'll just you know stay in my house in the winter. No, 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 no. Your furnace doesn't work. You have no heat. You try to go get water. The company that pumps the water to your house won't have the capability of doing that anymore. You can't go to the ATM and get your money out because that's not working anymore. It will be chaos. The government promises that they're going to show up at these reactors with diesel fuel like clockwork to make sure they're all working. All 104 reactors in America, we got one-third, more than one-third, 37% of all Americans live within 50 miles of a nuclear whoa, reactor. Whoa, whoa, let me stop you. I see where you're going. There's no way the feds a couple weeks into this, they're going to be gone, and those things are going to start blowing.
Finally, real food. Yeah, I figured we would do for Burger Night. Mm. I needed this. Yeah, me too. Hey, Moonbrines, Mom loved those. Your mom would eat mold off the kitchen floor. <laughs> She's anything peculiar. She'd eat pickles, she'd eat okra, oh, she'd raise it. Oh. What's that? It's like frying. You had the lid on the pan. Made the whole house smell for a week. It was disgusting. <laughs> so, how's the game coming? Slow. Zed's trying to help me, but I just feel like programming languages are so antiquated. Oh, so you're more like jobs than laws. Exactly. Like, I can picture it in my head, but... Radio flash, the phenomena known more widely throughout the world as electromagnetic pulse, or EMP. The term originated in the early 1950s, primarily associated with the click typically heard on radio receivers when a nuclear bomb was detonated. Is that you? Yeah, Grandpa, it's me. Oh, it's so good to hear your voice. Are you all right? Yeah, Grandpa, we're fine. Good. Listen, Reese, this, this, you got a blackout down there, right? Is, is it a radio flash? It's been a long time since I've heard that term, but yes, Reese, that's exactly what this is. How did you know that? I found one of your books in the shop. 
I need to talk to your dad, Reese. Is he there? He's asleep. Well, it's not a good idea to have you on the road anyway, but I'm going to need you to get up here to me, both of you. First thing tomorrow. I know he's going to have a lot of questions. But you got to promise me you'll get him on the radio first thing in the morning. Okay, I promise. While we're on, you're going to need some things for the road. Do you think you can get them together for me, Reese? There's a cabinet right in front of you. Third drawer down. Boundary County map with a highlighted route. I got it. Oh. It should be a short-range radio. Right there on the combay in front of you, is it, is it there? Short-range, only five miles tops, and I know you've been here before, but without that GPS, it's gonna be hard to find. So, you gotta radio me when you get in range, and I'll guide you in. It's probably gonna need to be charged, too, that radio, so you, you gotta charge it on a generator. You know how to charge it on a generator. Generator? You gotta be kidding me. Reese? I, I got it. Good. Now, Grandpa? Yeah? Should I be scared? Well, you're gonna be fine, Reese. We got a plan. Okay, copy that. Um, I'll call you tomorrow. I love you, Reese. Be safe now. shelves behind you. You're looking for opiates, right? I'm looking for penicillin. You might want to try those shelves behind you for oxycotton and morphine. Go ahead. Yeah. You don't have to believe it, Grandpa. It's all right here. Radio flash. That's from the shop? Hmm. Look, I respect your grandfather. Without Frank in this house, who knows where it would have been with your mother's medical bills. But we're not just going to throw common sense out because he thinks the world's going to end. And what if it is? Then we're all in the same boat. Yeah, a boat that's sinking. Grandpa, it's me. Hey, Reese. You got your dad there with you? Yeah, here one sec. Hey, Frank. Chris, good to hear your voice. Now, I know what's going through your head right now, but you've got to trust me on this one. Uh, sweetie, you give me a minute? Are you Grandpa? Thanks. All right, Frank, it's just the two of us. 
What's going on? It's an EMP, Chris. It's devastating. It's wiped us out and wiped out the entire western United States. Chris. Yeah, I'm here. Um, what do we do? You get here as fast as you can. You gotta get ahead of it. You can't stay in that city. Those city slickers are gonna be scattering like cockroaches. Some will be headed your way. Most will be headed for the hills. But you gotta get ahead of it. You gotta move. How much gas have you got in your car? Half a tank or so. Well, top it off with what you got there in the shop. There should be a couple of containers in there. Frank, did you plan this? How'd you know Reese would find the radio? Shot in the dark. I figured one of you would remember it was there. And if she hadn't have, I'd be headed your way right now, believe me. <sighs> Frank, you sure about this? I've got everything we need to weather it here, long term. It'll be a safe place for you and Reese, I promise you that. This is the real deal, Chris. The clock is ticking. You gotta get moving. You hear me? Okay, we're on our way. Thanks, Frank. Over now. Alright, everyone just calm down. Alright, take a breath. Looks to be a pretty standard power outage. Oh, standard, my ass. And if those main transformers are out, it's gonna be two years, at best. Well, and I'm sure that there's contingency plans for this sort of thing, right, officer? The only plan you gotta be concerned with is how much food, fuel, and water you got. I give it another 24 hours before the shit hits the fan. You ain't gotta take my word for it. Everything you need to know is right here. Let's fire that thing up and see what the boss has to say. I thought. It's probably best you don't think. Huh? Uh, easy, Stan. This is a slippery slope, son. Before you know it, it's 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 martial law. Best thing you could do is go back to your homes, wait it out, look at the power back on before you know it. Stay hydrated. Get your flashlights and candles ready just in case it's a couple hours, but it won't be more than that, okay? Everything's fine. Reese, you ready?
really bad. Is there another way? On the other side of the mountain. We should try it, but it will add another hour at least. Yeah, we don't know how bad those roads are going to be. I'm not really sure why I'm doing this uh, or who would possibly watch this, but uh, as you probably know by now, uh, the shit has hit the fan. The entire system has collapsed. Uh, there is no power. It hasn't been on in over two weeks. Uh, there's no sign or anything from the government. Uh, people are saying that basically there was an attack on DC. We don't know if that's true or not. I mean, because we're way out here in the center of the United States, so there's no telling. Uh, supposedly there's an invasion going on on the southern border. Uh, so a lot of people are saying it's the Chinese and they've teamed up with the Russians and the Iranians uh, to invade us from the south. Supposedly the Texans are putting up a hell of a fight down there, but uh, I don't know what's going on. No one really knows what's going on. There are no longer any laws, it appears to be. So we are technically in a WROL situation and we have been. So. Whoever may come along and see this video, uh, I hope that maybe it helps you out. Maybe if we're not around anymore to tell you about it firsthand, uh, because day by day, uh, we're putting our lives in jeopardy. Every single thing we do, every move we make, it's, it's way worse than I thought. Uh, so uh, I guess about three days in after, after the big boom, whatever that was. And again, we're, we're, a lot of this stuff is unknown. I'm speculating it was some sort of an EMP device. I don't really know what it was, but a few weeks before this happened, uh, the Chinese had just been discovered that they had some super hypersonic missile that was going around the earth. And a lot of people are speculating that's what it was. Uh, that's my best guess as well. So it doesn't really matter at this point. All we know is everything that was tied to the grid, the internet, the cell phones, everything else, the landlines even, everything is down.
And so, uh, as you can imagine, and as you've probably seen, people have been in a panic. Uh, I don't know where you're coming from, but I'm about 20 miles outside of a city, and I thought that'd be a big enough buffer, but uh, we're facing nightly attacks, uh, sometimes during the day, but most of the time it's nighttime. They try to use the, the, the darkness to their advantage, and one of the things that gives me a little bit of an edge is I have that uh, uh, FLIR device. I can look out and I can see warm bodies and things like that moving around at nighttime a lot sooner than they can actually see me. So I've been uh, kind of doing like a neighborhood watch and that's one of the first things that we got going early on uh, when this whole thing happened. The big boom happened. There was a big flash in the sky in the middle of the daytime. I would say it was about 2 o'clock p.m. When that happened and everything went down, uh, I was outside working and everything on the grid is down. So it could have been a cyber attack. No one really knows. Again, I don't really want to get off into that too much because there's a whole lot of speculation going on about what caused it, who brought it on, if it was done intentionally as part of the Great Reset Build Back Better plan. Uh, no one knows, but a lot of people are speculating. And of course, like it was before, groups and tribes are forming up and basically uh, isolating themselves from other groups. So it's it's been kind of wild. Uh, we've got some, some interesting things going on. So first thing I did, uh, like the next day after the thing happened, whatever it was, the event, uh, after that happened, I went around door to door and I started off with my neighbors, the ones I knew you know, were at least halfway decent people because I'd been dealing with them over the years. And uh, to my surprise, one of my neighbors was a real good prepper and everything, and he was already kind of preparing for this sort of thing, although we had never talked about that. It was just kind of by happenstance we're both preppers living right next door to each other. So that's good. We'll be able to do some trading and such in the future. And he's got a lot of resources and a lot of firepower over there as well. So that's good stuff. Uh, but we went door to door. Me and him started going door to door, and the other neighbor, we all started, every time we would get one, we would branch out because, you know, Maybe I don't know that other neighbor over there, but this neighbor knows that neighbor. So through networking like that, we all got together and we had like a neighborhood meeting and we kind of assessed the situation. Uh, and immediately uh, I suggested we bring down uh, some barricades and set up at the main entrance because I'm actually in a dead end uh, neighborhood here. There's probably 25, 30 houses in this neighborhood. And so, and we're kind of out in the suburbs, but, but close on the edge of the woods here. So we're a little further out than the main suburbs. And from what I'm hearing, the city is a complete loss. I mean, uh, you know, cell phones and stuff, even though the networks are down, people can still record with devices like this. I'm using my, my Lumix camera, but you could also use a cell phone to record. And I've seen several uh, videos that people have kind of brought back uh, when they were out doing recon missions from what's going on in the city, and it's it's just tragic. Uh, the gangs have completely taken over, and now they're starting to venture out into the suburbs further and further. And so, uh, supposedly, you know, a lot of those people in the suburbs are armed and such, but the ones that are that were closer to the city, a lot of those homes have been taken. Uh, but a little farther out, about a quarter mile to a half mile out, supposedly 
uh, there has been a resistance put up and they've basically, the suburb people have basically put like barriers up and blockades on all of the main entrances because that's obviously where they're going to come through first. But anyways, that's what we did here as well. Uh, I took down my flatbed and another neighbor had a great big truck and we pulled those both out to the entrance up there where it's the main entrance where people can drive in and walk in in droves. And so, uh, and we have a person on guard all the time up there and whoever's on guard for that four hour duty will have you know the keys to those vehicles so if anyone needs to come and go they can let them in and out and we've got strict rules about who comes and goes and when they come and go and stuff like that but anyways i wanted to kind of just tell you guys i mean some of the first things that happened obviously was everything in our refrigerator i mean uh, probably 60% of the stuff we had in the refrigerator and in the freezer, uh, went bad within a week. And so, uh, we had to eat everything. You know, basically we were eating meat, pretty much straight meat for several days. And of course that kind of got us a little backed up and stuff, but we're all better now. But you know, the point was, is we didn't want that to go to waste. We shared quite a bit of it, but all of our neighbors were in the same situation too. They had refrigerators full of meat. And so uh the meat went away a lot faster than i thought it would uh i was even running my generator uh, for as long as i could uh, but we ran out of fuel so i mean uh that, that was a bad deal and uh, i've got these solar panels but i don't have enough to run a freezer i don't have enough i don't make enough power or have enough batteries to actually run a freezer i can only run small loads so uh that's my mistake i wish i would had more solar uh for just for when the stuff did hit the fan. So uh, anyways, other things that have been happening is even with our security up around the neighborhood and everybody taking turns going around the neighborhood doing neighborhood perimeter checks and, and watches and stuff like that, uh, even though we have kind of a loose knit group here, uh, it's not real. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in it. I, there's a few people that are other, you know, like three or four preppers, including myself in this whole neighborhood and the other people were just basically living paycheck to paycheck, hand to mouth. So um, I'm real worried uh, that things are going to start running out and then those people are going to start, you know, looking to us uh, because we're not starving. And, you know, at, eventually there'll be some point, we've been trying to eat less, obviously, but there'll, there'll be some point when uh, people start realizing, that, hey, look, I'm starving and you're not starving. I can see it in you. So we're trying to kind of start really cutting our rations down right now and, and just thinning it up and stuff just so that we'll blend in with everyone else around us just for you know good measures and such. But uh, there's gunfire out here, even out in the suburbs, almost every day, every night. You know, if I go two hours without hearing gunshots and I'm usually multiple gunshots, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Uh, that's a good day. Uh, but yeah, we're under constant attack. I mean, they're always testing our defenses, you know. Uh, I don't know what the deal is, why they've singled us out, or if they're doing this in kind of a, a scatter pattern, but it's, it's certainly an organized gang. It's the same group of guys. Uh, and they're not like your typical city thug gangbangers like you would think. These guys are, uh, a lot of them are hillbillies and rednecks and stuff like that. But uh, they're, I, what I guess is, is they're just the people that have decided that they're not going to prep. They're just going to go prey on other people. And... Uh, I haven't, haven't had to do anything directly yet, but we've had to fire some warning shots and stuff like that. And it really wasn't warning shots. They were just out of range 
for anything we had on hand at that moment. Uh, so now we always post somebody up with some sort of long range uh, firepower, preferably an AR or an AK platform, just so that you know they can engage multiple targets easily if they have to. So yeah, at one point, uh, some people came around and they claimed to be government officials and they were going to come in and help us out and get us set up and help us get relief and stuff like this. Well, as it turns out, that was a trap. They weren't actually government officials. They had killed some government officials and taken their identification. And we barely got those people run out of town just in time. They're still out there. Uh, a couple of them got taken down. Uh, but it was on the, at the entrance of the neighborhood up there where it happened. So it was, a. Uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely been bloody, bloodier than I expected it to be. And, you know, I didn't expect it to happen this fast, but yeah, I'm hearing all kinds of stuff. I mean, rape and people kidnapping children and stuff for, for, you know, you can imagine the sickest stuff you hear about this stuff, but, uh, I guess these sickos are out there. And, uh, as soon as the system went down, they decided that they were going to go ahead and go for whatever they ever wanted, you know, their, whatever their hearts desire. So. Uh, yeah, there's been uh, a couple of motorcycle gangs that have come around and caused some problems and stuff like that, but they're a little easier to deal with because, you know, uh, a strategically placed cable will take down an entire motorcycle gang, especially if they're going at a high rate of speed. But they're going around and picking on other groups that aren't as well prepared and are, they're more intimidated by just the appearance of all these, you know, one percenters or whatever they are. I don't know who they ride for or if they ride for anybody but these guys are ganging up together. That's the point. So that's been our biggest problem is just uh, dealing with the constant attacks, the constant barrage of people. Uh, and not only that, it's, it's trying to decide, are these people uh, good guys or bad guys? Should I allow them in and give them shelter? I mean, you know, we do have, we're trying to keep the morality alive, you know, at least here in my household. Uh, we're still trying to do the right thing, but at the same time, we don't want to open ourselves up to vulnerability uh, from, you know, where someone could trick us again. So uh, I still have water here. I'm one of the few people in the neighborhood that have the hookup uh, to run my well off the generator. Of course, like I said, now I'm out of fuel. Although I've been talking with one of my neighbors and we have a plan to go down to the gas station because even though the gas pumps don't work, there's still thousands of gallons of fuel under the ground that no one has gotten to yet. We've been checking it out. Uh, so uh, we've got a plan to take an old, it's an old beverage pump that I had laying around that runs off either compressed air or CO2. And I happen to have a bottle of CO2 and a regulator. So I'm gonna take that pump down there and I don't know how deep the stuff is in the ground, but tomorrow we're gonna go down there and see if we can't pump some fuel out because uh, we need diesel, we need gasoline, we need everything we can get everybody's out of fuel as far as I know that's what they're saying so uh, it's amazing how fast it goes when you think maybe the power's coming back on and you know a lot of people were like that they were thinking oh yeah any day now the power is gonna come back on but uh, again like I was telling them at the meeting uh, by now we would have heard something I mean there is zero radio communications nothing uh, we've gotten some ham radio stuff and again it's just rumors it's a lot of rumors flying around about what caused it take this for what it's worth but they're saying dallas texas is gone uh i don't know if that's true or not they're saying dc is gone they're saying that seattle is gone uh i don't know you know i don't know 
we'll see what happens in the future. Uh, right now, uh, we're still holding strong and we're not giving up our, our property or our neighborhood yet. Although, again, it's been getting harder and harder uh, as we've lost people in the neighborhood um, along the way through different things. Uh, I'd say at least, we've had at least 15 deaths so far of just people trying to go out and doing recon missions and stuff like that and just never coming back. We assume they're dead. We don't know. They just never come back. We found a couple of them that are actually dead. So we know a few of them are dead and we assume the others are dead as well. But they could have been kidnapped, picked up, taken for, you know, whatever, to be a prisoner or a slave or whatever. And we just never see them again. Oh yeah, man, that was a crazy thing. The, the day that it happened, I knew something big was happening because everything went down and a lot of people were just thinking again that it was just, you know, a temporary deal like maybe they didn't maybe they didn't hear the big boom or something or they didn't see the big flash in the sky like I did and they just know all they knew was the power went out. They thought maybe it was just a normal thing, right? Well, I knew it was something big because I saw the ba I saw the flash and I heard the bang. Well, immediately I ran in the house. I got my cash. I always keep some cash on hand. So I grabbed a big, all my cash basically, and I stuffed it in my pocket and I ran down to the store as fast as I could. And I took my pickup truck and basically, I think I bought $1,200 worth of groceries. And now, again, foolish me, I, I bought some cold stuff. And if I'd have known that I wasn't gonna be able to keep my generator running longer, I wouldn't have wasted my money or time on that. But I did do a pretty good job about three quarters of the stuff that I bought was canned goods, rice, beans, things like that, uh, uh, even juices and things like that, just different things that I'd be able to use or trade or barter later on that were gonna store well. So anyways, we did really well there and I got in, but I had to use cash. They weren't accepting any, you know, because all the machines were down, but the store realized something was going on and their refrigerators weren't on, so they were trying to sell out uh, before that stuff went to spoil. So. Anyways, a few days later, we went up there to look to see if anything was left and the entire store had been busted open. All the shelves were bare. I mean, there were a few weird things laying around that nobody wanted on the ground and we picked them up just in case we might want them later. But I mean, just really weird things like uh, nail polish remover and stuff like that. And we thought, hey, we can use that for starting fires or there's probably other uses for, I think it's acetone. So we grabbed up all of that stuff that we could find, anything like that, that wasn't nailed down because the store had already been ransacked at that point. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's tragic. You know, I knew those people that worked at that store. I, I went to that store almost every day and, you know, I got to know their faces and stuff. And, and let's just say there was a lot of blood around a lot of blood and a few bodies. So it was it was quite disturbing to go through there. But yeah, uh, <laughs> in our immediate area here, <clears throat> but yeah, in our immediate area here, uh, of course we know this area pretty well because uh, we're all from right around here. We have gone out five miles almost in every direction. Uh, we haven't gone five miles toward the city. That's the reason I hesitated there. Uh, only a couple of probes into the city so we don't have the entire city side secured. And I, we think that's where the gangs are, are, are posted up and that's where they're coming in. Uh, one of the weirdest things was, is that the people that were the heaviest uh, fortified that were closer to the city, that people that had big walls and big gates and stuff like that, they were the ones that got hit the hardest and the fastest first. They got hit first. So 
Um, and the suburbs, like I said, they kind of put up a fight and, you know, not to be gross here, but supposedly if you go toward the city, there's a wall of bodies because of all of the, uh, you know, the thugs that were trying to come out and steal other people's stuff. And, <laughs> you know, they didn't realize that the people in the suburbs had a lot of firepower to defend that stuff. And of course, I'm sure some of those bodies are from the people in the suburbs that were in the big fight. So I don't know, but in the, in the distance, uh, we've got some places where we can get up a high vantage point and see for like all the way to the city and, or almost, and we were seeing all sorts of muzzle flashes, even from this distance and here we could hear it. It was a real quiet night. And again, I'm surprised we haven't heard many gunshots while I'm making this video. So anyways, I hope that this video finds you well. And I hope that, you know, if this is my daughter or one of my family members, you know, I hope that you guys are doing well. And if we're not around, you know, we wish you the best of luck and you're welcome to whatever you can take here, because obviously if I'm dead, then I'll have no use for this stuff. So, um, but I got to go out here now. It's my turn to get on guard duty and I'm going to go ahead and go till morning, uh, just to give the other guys a break, uh, because I'm just wired up right now, just thinking about all this stuff and guys prepare while you can. There are so many so-called believers in Christ who will absolutely never allow the Bible to get in the way of what they believe. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, these are people holding to the form of godliness, but denying the power. Avoid these people. They're carnal. They're nominal believers who only have a form of religion. They believe God wants all Christians to be wealthy. They believe God only wants happiness for your life with no suffering and no tribulation. They believe false doctrines when it makes them feel more comfortable in their walk with God. They believe in Old Testament law that was not part of the Ten Commandments leading into the law of faith. And they believe they have no responsibility in preparing for what the Lord warned us would be coming in this world, in these end times. I've been ridiculed for warning people about food shortages. Some people tell me it's just me being greedy and wanting to make money. Some accuse me of being an agent for the state, a shill for the globalists, pretending to be something else. Not only is that absurd, but it's laughable. Only people who have barely watched any of my videos through the years would ever say anything like that. I don't do videos for popularity or for trying to obtain a big audience. I definitely don't do videos for money since no one pays me to do videos and Google YouTube demonetized me several years ago for life, I might add. I'm sorry for those ignorant people who have said things like, you, sir, are a basket case and a sheckler, always after the shekel. You prey upon the ignorant and fearful. You yourself are also ignorant and fearful, obviously. Get a real job. Our donors are people who believe in getting the truth out to people like you and others who are not able to support us financially. We don't have many supporters or donors, but the ones we have are so very special to us and so appreciated by us. I do these videos for two reasons. Number one, because I truly can't stand to see people believing lies. And number two, because I understand that only faith in Jesus Christ will save a person and keep their eternal soul from going into an eternal hell and separation from God forever. This is the reality. And this is the choice every single person on earth must make to receive the love of the truth or to reject him.
So live for this world and get everything you can or surrender to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I leave a link in the description box below with a link that you can click on. It's a very simple prayer to begin your walk with Jesus Christ. For most of the world, they think that Christianity is a religion. No, it's a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Almighty God who made this world and everything in it. It's a relationship where you've been delivered from the power of sin that the devil had over you and now allowing Jesus to lead and guide you by his spirit living in you after you're born again, putting your faith in Yeshua Messiah, Jesus the Christ. Why have I shared all this with you? I want you to be prepared for what's coming and I want you to be prepared and ready for what's coming after. Make sure you have a printed Bible too. Think about it.